Hello and welcome to American Youth. My name is Dustin Oliver. I'm your host. And this episode today uh, is a continuance of our Pride Month series. And it's my story. Um, so I wasn't ever really planning on telling my story or anything like that. Uh, it was like actually really difficult to listen back to and to be like, oh my God, I can't believe that I'm going to release this for people to hear. So mother, um, siblings, if friends, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry if I don't get it right. I'm sorry if it's not 100%, but it's the best that I can do. And also it's a little graphic at some points, but anyway, um, this is it. This is my story and I hope you like it because shit, it's mine. All right. Enjoy. Hey, so I guess this is my attempt at telling the 12-year-old kid that I used to be's story. Um, so my name is Dustin, and um, I was born on October 6, 1993 at Rockdale Hospital in Rockdale, Georgia, and I was raised in nearby McDonough, Georgia, which, if you don't know, McDonough, Georgia is about 30 to 45 minutes south of Atlanta. So it's like the Atlanta metropolitan area. And from a really young age, I was always really interested in um, theatrical things and entertaining entertainment, things kind of in that category. I um, I was really into movies and I was really into music and like more specifically pop music, which hasn't really changed <laughs> at all. Um, but I was really into pop music and I was really into kind of I had, my older sister's five years older than me. So like whatever she was listening to at the time, I that's what I was listening to. So from a really young age, it was like Spice Girls, um, mainly Spice Girls, but there was like some other, like Usher was mixed in there. I remember one of the first albums that I had when I was younger was Usher. Um, I had the Britney Spears Toxic album, which I think is like mandatory for any young gay kid. You have to have it. And if you didn't have it, then you're from a different planet. Uh, I, th I was really, really inspired by really strong female characters and really strong, really strong women. And I still am to this day, and I just think ever when I was, whenever I was young, I just always looked up to those characters, and I identified with them a lot. I don't know why, but I did. And when I was younger, I think my first attraction that I had was like to the guys on the back of the like the first gay attraction that I had was like to the guys on the back of the bus that I used to ride home. Um, they were older. And so I remember being in like sixth grade, <laughs> sixth grade. And like, I thought the guys on like the back of the bus, cause they were like the older ones were like really hot. And, um, I guess I wouldn't have called it that then, but I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm completely comfortable now. So I'm going to call it that now. Uh, and so I just remember thinking like, I really want to be friends with them. And it was like a weird thing. It was like, I don't necessarily want to be their friend, but I want to hang out with them all the time. And so I knew that that was kind of like a different feeling. I, um, being younger, I, I, we had internet, so we had dial up, but we, but we had internet and I remember kind of like going onto certain sites, you know, just like full fucking disclosure. I'm just, this is just the whole story raw. I was like going to come into this and like edit what I was saying. Nah, fuck that. So my name is Dustin. This is how I talk and this is who I am. So I remember being younger and looking up and seeing like, um, 
when we were watching movies like uh, kids movies like Spy Kids or like whatever the movies were at that time, like early 2000s, late 90s, I was always really into, I was more interested in the movie if the guy that was like the kid in the movie that was my age was like good looking. So I, I, I think I noticed that. And I remember asking myself, like I would do things and I'm like, would so-and-so do this? Would so-and-so do that? And I would like dictate my actions based off of like what I thought these people would do. Um, which at first I was like, you're jealous of them. You want to be like them. But then now that I look back on it and I realize that it's like, no, you were attracted to them. That's exactly what it was. Uh, and so we had dial up internet and I remember going on that internet and God forbid if my parents ever found that, I don't know. We had like a separate icon for like me to log into the computer. And so I would go on there and I would scroll the internet and I would basically look at things that I was not supposed to be looking at as like an 11, like 12 year old kid. But I did, I was like looking at porn and I always was interested in like a, a specific type and Oh my God. And so when I was young, it started off of like, like pictures. I would be really into like a certain guy and I would look them up. And I remember like shows that I would watch, like Ned's Declassified, I've mentioned before, like I was really into Ned from Ned's Declassified. So I would like look him up on MySpace and like try to find out everything about his life. And I think it's pretty similar to like some young, like young girls today of like the way that you kind of find these attractions. But I get in, get on the internet and I start looking at things that I'm not supposed to and I start, it was like this whole double life. Like, you know, and if anyone was coming around, then I would like completely like shut, shut all of it off and shut the computer off, which if you remember dial up was like not an easy task. It was like not something that was easy to do. Um, so there's moments of like panic that I had of like, oh my God, someone's going to see this. And so I dive in and I'm looking up things and I'm reading all that I can about like these guys and about like homosexuality and I first learned the word like gay and what that meant and so I remember looking it up and it was something that was just like I would do by myself on my own and nobody knew about it so it was like my my little secret to myself was like I would get on the computer and look this stuff up and I figured all about what it was and from a young age I knew that like those attractions were there and I knew that I I felt that way but it was just something that I didn't even it was like a it was like I was two people like whenever I was in that mode I was that person. And then whenever I went back to real life with my friends and whatever I was doing, that was just something that I never brought up or thought about. It was something that I like did alone by myself. And so I grew up and I get older and I get friends and I get into like sixth and seventh grade. And that's when I think you, you hit puberty. So you start really, really feeling those attractions differently than you did before. I remember them being a lot more real. I remember Get having like, you know, the feeling of like your heart racing and being nervous to talk to certain people, people that I like necessarily thought were attractive. Um, but kind of like in my situation, I, I was friends with a lot of these people. So it was, it was weird because I knew them in a friend sense, but I also had this thing, this like weird, like secret attraction to them that I was, you know, obviously hiding and I never told anybody about. And so I go through seventh grade and I realize I'm like, okay, this is something that I'm going to, you know, have to deal with. But me being me, I'm the ultimate procrastinator. And I don't say that in like a super relatable way. I say that in a way of like, I was like, I'll deal with that later. And that's how I, I dealt with a lot of my issues, even later up in life, later on in life, where I just like, I'll deal with that later. Um, and so I found myself getting into groups of people, hanging out with groups that, I was, I wanted to be like them. 
And so that was my thing is if I can, if I can be like this group of people, I'll never be able to like be in a relationship or hook up with any of these guys. So the, the best that I can do is to just be like them and hang out with them and do what they do. And so that's what I tried to do. And I remember in seventh grade was especially when that picked up, like a lot of my friends uh, would like look at porn and it would be like these girls. And I would, of course, like watch it and be like, yeah, man, that's super cool. Um, And just kind of in the back of my head, just kind of like I'm not really interested. I don't want to watch that type. That's not the type of thing that I want to watch. But I just always, always hopped along and was like, I'm going to that's what I'm into. Even when it was like the Victoria's Secret magazines or like when there would be like supermodels or like pop stars or actresses or whatever that my friends would be like, yeah, they're so hot. I would just immediately be like, yeah, I agree. I, I think so too. And so I even developed like these like girl crushes in my head of like, yeah, this is the one that I that I would pick out that I'm going to like. So what I would do is I would have like a certain like a pop singer or an actress or something and I would say, yeah, this is the girl that I'm going to tell them that I'm really, really into and then that's just how it's going to be. And so I would pick one and be like, yeah, this is the one that I like. And then I would, you know, it would become like an obsession. Like, oh, Dustin's obsessed with this girl. I remember in like seventh seventh grade more specifically, it was Vanessa Hudgens from High School Musical. I was like, yeah, I, I love her. She's like the hottest thing ever. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that was like my my shtick. Like, that's what I, I stuck with was I'm like, yeah, I, I like her. That's the one I like. And so I noticed growing up that, and when we get into eighth and ninth grade, especially ninth grade and like early high school when I started realizing that people around me were like actually like hooking up and like either getting into relationships or like actually like starting to have sex with people or hooking up with people that they're interested in. And that's where for me it became um, increasingly difficult. Um, I was like, man, this is, I don't know that I want to do this. I don't, I don't really feel comfortable doing this, but I, I did it because in the back of my head was like, this is what you have to do in order to fit in to, with this group of people. Like, this is this is how you have to be. And that eventually I realized, especially in high school, that I'm like, okay, if I'm ever going to be like one of the quote unquote cool kids, um, I've got to do what the cool kids do. So that's what I did. And so I had a lot of like really interesting hookups in high school. Um, and some of them, like I'm not going to lie and say that they didn't mean anything because some of them did. But there was always this thought in the back of my head that was like, this isn't, this isn't what I want. This isn't like satisfying me. This isn't what I want. And so, and even like in a relationship portion, I was never in a relationship with anybody in high school because I couldn't, I couldn't like put that much energy into it because the desire just wasn't there. So I move on to like 11th grade and I start kind of experiencing uh, like hooking up for the first time. And it was with a friend of mine and we, it was like a completely secret thing um, that nobody knew about. And so we would like, we were in the same group of people and we would like hook up with each other and then like go and like hang out with this group of people and act like nothing happened. Um, So high school for me was like a big, it was a show, like it was a big secret thing. I had what I was actually doing, what I actually like to do. And then that was just something that I could never tell anybody ever. It was just a complete secret. And I remember us like almost getting caught a couple times and me thinking like, oh my God, I can't, you know, if us being caught would be the worst thing ever. Everyone would find out our, like our dirty little secret. And so that was something that I carried with me up until I graduated. Um, And even a little after I graduated, like two or three years after I graduated, I would just live this like complete double life. I would have the things that I was doing and then I would have what I thought people wanted me to do. 
um, which was like to be straight and to, you know, have attractions to like girls and, and to not be like hooking up secretly with like my high school boyfriend that no one knows about, um, behind everybody's backs. And that's what I did. And when I think back on that, I have a couple of moments where I'm kind of, it's, and it's something that like I'm working through, but a couple of things that I'm like a little bitter about is now when I think back on that, I think like, why did I have to hide that? I wish that I didn't have to hide that. I hid it because I felt I was going to be ridiculed and that nobody would accept me and that, you know, my like friend's parents were going to be like, oh my God, it was going to be this huge deal, which it may or may not have. I don't know because I didn't come out in high school, but I always think back on it and I'm like, it just makes me so upset that I had to hide that, like that that was something that my friends like my friends were hooking up with like their boyfriends or their girlfriends all the time and it was constant and it was a joke and people knew about it and it was like, haha, that's the thing. And then they were just able to do that. But at the same time, I had to be completely like sneaky about what I was doing. And to this day, it's something that I haven't really gotten over yet. I, I've heard some like really, really good words of wisdom from people about it, from like other gay men about it. But it's just something for me that just kind of like I feel like was robbed for me a little bit. It's just kind of like that experience of, you know, being who being able to be 120 percent who I was back then. Um, but that's neither here nor there. And I graduated high school and I got into a little bit of trouble. I was partying a lot and hanging out with um, this boyfriend that I had and like all of our friends. And, you know, granted, no one knew that we were like together, but, you know, whatever. So we're all hanging out and we're partying a lot and we're doing what I would assume like typical like high school seniors or recent high school graduates would be doing as we were like going out, drinking, all that stuff. And I got in trouble. Um, it's, uh, people are going to figure out a bit anyway, so I might as well just say it. I got pulled over for a DUI under 21 when I was 18. And when I did the breathalyzer, it registered under a .08. So it, they couldn't get me for like a real DUI. It just had to be like the DUI under 21. And so, and this was before Georgia had a zero tolerance policy, I think. And so I went through all that and that led me into like a really dark space. I remember at first it was like kind of funny and I was like, oh my God, this is what happened. And it led me kind of down it just threw off put a lot of things. Um, I ended up like not going to college right out of high school. Like, you know, a lot of my friends did. I ended up kind of getting in like a bind cause I wasn't really working. I, you know, I was just, I didn't know how to life. <laughs> and so I, I go through that and then I go through all these legal issues and I start, you know, like I go to court for it and they're like, you have to be on probation and you have to like do this and that and all that. And so I'm like, well, shit, you know, this is what, this is what is going on right now. And I, I remember just like, I was so ashamed. Like I didn't want to be around my family. I didn't want to be around like my friends that I had had for years. So I ended up like isolating myself with a friend of mine in her house where we just like hung out all the time and lit like literally constantly we were with each other every single day. And I essentially just like lived with her. And I remember like not wanting to go home not wanting to tell anybody about what I was doing, um, not wanting to talk to a lot of people. I just got really shady because I, I honestly think that I was like ashamed of what had happened. And I was just like, I was brought to the realization that I was not an invincible person, which I thought that I was. You know, I thought when I was younger, I can do whatever I want and no one, no one I'm never gonna get in trouble for anything. 
I mean, there've been several times where we had like gone to a party in high school and we had all drank a little bit and I was driving and, and, you know, I, I got pulled over and I like talked my way out of it. But it, this was the first realization in my life that you're like, things can actually happen to you. Um, and I actually consider myself fortunate that that was the first time because I know that there's so many people that realize that in very different ways than I have. But that's just my personal experience is I, I, I realized that I, I wasn't invincible and that bad things could happen to me if I did bad things. And so I ended up, you know, kind of getting really gray, um, disconnecting from everybody. And I kind of turned into like a recluse with a friend of mine and we just like laid around and did whatever. And I realized after about a year of that, that I hit a point where I was at my parents' house and I was kind of like walking and talking to a friend of mine who I had, like one of my best friends who I used to talk to all the time and that I hadn't really talked to because I've just been in this like world of depression and being so broke that I can't, you know, we were literally putting quarters together to like buy cheeseburgers at McDonald's or like we would literally like put a dollar in her gas tank like to get home, you know, just crazy things like that. I finally just hit a point uh, 19 when I thought I don't want to live like this. This isn't how my life was supposed to be. Um, I was supposed to, you know, be successful and be this and be that and do all these things. Like I said, I was going to do, you know, like I felt like I was really, you know, I had a good time in high school and then I had a lot of friends and now I've just like, I see people moving on with their lives and I was just stuck in like a limbo. And so I put my big girl panties on and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a job and so I had no driver's license, no car, no way of like transportation. So I literally like would hustle as hard as I could to get jobs to places. I remember like applying to like so many places in like a two week period, like like legitimately like 50 places. And about half of them, I would tell a friend of mine like, hey, will you please take me? And I would go in and apply there. And, you know, so I finally got this call back uh, from Target and the people at Target were like, hey, we want you to come in an interview. So I did. And I got my granddad to take me there and I got this job at Target and I was like, oh my God, that's crazy. Like I, I got a job. And so I start working and I know get, getting to work was really difficult because in McDonough where I'm from, it's not like where I am now in Atlanta or like places like New York or, or LA or something where there's like a lot of public transportation or you can walk to places. It, we just couldn't do that. I mean, you you had to drive. That was the only way. So I remember like a couple of times like having work the next day and thinking like, oh my God, how am I going to get to work? Like I have to find this out and like scrambling to figure it out. And eventually I figured it out and um, I finally like saved up enough money to like get my license back. And I finally saved up enough money to like pay off like the probation and stuff fees that I was like that I had because of this, you know, stupid mistake that I made when I was 18. And so... I'm working at this job and I'm starting to realize like, oh my God, like I can actually have like a successful life. And I start going to this school um, for audio engineering. I started there because I really was really into music and I wanted to be like this famous musician. Um, and so I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to this school. I'm going to start. And this is how my life's going to be. And... I remember in that time period, I wasn't really dating anybody. I, my like quote unquote boyfriend that I had had for like from high school <clears throat> was kind of doing his own thing in his own world. 
uh, like going to college or whatever. And so I was just kind of like in limbo. Like the whole dating thing was off of my radar. I hadn't even thought about it. So it's like, it's like I just kind of like left that where it was. And then like two years later, I would come back to it. But I start going to this school and I learned a lot about audio engineering. You know, and I think that shows with like this podcast. Um, but I learned a lot, but I ended up realizing that it wasn't for me. It wasn't something that I was 100% committed to. And it wasn't something that I like wanted to keep pursuing. I wanted to do something different. So I withdrew from the school and was working back at my job at Target. And I remember one day at Target having a really, really like my first ever panic attack and being like, oh my God, what's happening? I thought I was dying. I like legitimately thought I was dying. I like ran to the pharmacist and was like, hey, I'm dying. And she's like, no, you're not. You're 19. And I was like, okay, I'm not dying, but what's happening? And so I, I go to the doctor and I realize that I've, I'm, I'm having these panic attacks every single day. Um, and it got so bad to where I eventually like quit my job because I could, I just could not go to work. Like I, I, every time I went to work, I had this like massive panic attack and I ended up like, if anyone's ever had panic attacks, you like, you, you know what I, what I mean, but it's like that moment. The best way I think to, if I could describe a panic attack is it's like that moment where you're in traffic and you like slam on your brakes cause you're about to hit the car in front of you and you get that drop in your feeling like that your stomach drops and it's like, Oh my God, Oh my God. That's what it feels like, except it's like a permanent, it's like, it's, it like stays there for like 15 minutes in my case. It was like, it was crazy. And so I end up leaving that job and I go on to try to go back to school again. I was like, I'm, I'm going to go do the school thing. So I applied for like this community college and got in and started going to classes at this community college. Um, meanwhile, I realized that I'm like, oh shit, you're really broke again. And I remember like promising myself when I, you know, when I got to that point before I like started working at Target to where I was like, I can't live like this. I promised myself that I would always try to at least have some type of income or not be in a situation to where I don't know like where a meal is going to come from. And my pride is so in my face that I can't like buckle down and be like, okay, like ask my parents for it or something, which is kind of the situation I was in. But so I got this job at AT&T. I was a sales rep at AT&T. And um, I remember working there and it wasn't exactly for me. Um, it was like, just like, just like crazy repetitive days and I was working like these really crazy hours. And so I remember thinking like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and so while I was in school, I, um, I did really, really well the first semester and the second semester I really, really slacked. I, you know, I, I started dating someone is essentially what happened. I had turned 21, like freshly turned 21 and I started dating someone in the city and we met, funny enough, at a Miley Cyrus concert, like legitimately in line, in the drink line at a Miley Cyrus concert. And we started hanging out after that. And I remember just like my first experience in kind of like a fully accepting gay world. And we went out to these bars in Midtown Atlanta, like Blake's 10, Burkhart's, a bunch of different bars that are there. And I was exposed to like this different type of life that I had never seen before. It was people that were being themselves like 120% and they were successful people. A lot of them had like really good jobs and 
like really beautiful apartments and like really nice cars and like 401ks and things like that. And I realized I'm like, oh my God, this is like, this is what I want. This is how I, how I want to be. And so I start dating this guy and he is 10 years older than I was. And I just couldn't understand why he was able to have those things and I wasn't. Um, and my like 21 year old brain, no one told me, you know, he's 10 years older than you and he has like 10 years of experience on you. You know, that might have something to do with it. But of course me, you know, being who I was, I was like, no, I want it now. And so I remember getting to a point where I'm like, I want to move into the city and I want to get this great job and I want to do this and I want to do that. And so I left working at AT&T and I left, um, school. I withdrew from school and I started working in a restaurant and like serving and bartending, like waiting tables and all that stuff, because that was that kind of would pay me enough to where I could actually move up and live in the city. And meanwhile, I'm dating this guy and we go out all the time. I mean, we literally would not really see each other during the week. And then on the weekend, like Friday to Sunday would just like be going out and partying and doing crazy shit and whatever. Um, and I realized that him and I didn't really have a lot in common when we weren't drinking. Um, when we were sober, we like didn't really have anything to say to each other. At least, I mean, that's how I felt from my point of view. And so I kind of go on with this charade, you know, like we're, we're still dating and, and we're going out and hanging out with all these people. And it was just like a really interesting, it, it brought color into like the world that I was living because I was stuck in this like suburban world and I thought that that was it. You know, like I, I was like, okay, well, I guess this is like how my life's going to be. And so I finally get into the city and I realized that like there's, there's different, you know, there's different ways to live. You don't have to do what you're doing. And so I remember at 22, I got this roommate and moved into Atlanta. I lived in East Atlanta on Glenwood Avenue. If anyone knows where that's at, I lived on Glenwood and I just started going out all the time. Um, that's what I did. I would go to work and make like my money at, at work and then I would go spend it <laughs> out with friends. And, and it was always with like a big group of people. And I know I, I always felt more comfortable with a big group of people. I never wanted to go anywhere alone. Um, and so this is when I really started coming into myself and like my identity and who I was. And I never, I've never actually formally came out on any public platform. So I guess this is like the first one, but I remember feeling like this is how it's supposed to be. I would go into certain areas of the city or certain town, like certain parts of town and I would, and it was just completely 100% accepting and people could do whatever they wanted, act however they wanted, dress however they wanted and nobody said anything. And I just remember thinking, like, this is, like, what everyone else should be like. You know, this is, what, like, why do people care so much about how somebody identifies? Or why do people care so much about what type of clothes someone's wearing? Why do people care so much if somebody's gay or, or straight or bi or trans? Like, why do people care so much? And I remember kind of getting into that mindset, and it really made me, like, super, super liberal because I realized that I'm, like, I, you know, and I'm someone who came from, like, a conservative family, like, conservative grandparents, and I started to, to kind of see color in the world where I don't think that there was color before. And I started to really like who I was and I started to really appreciate who I was. And I felt like I didn't have to lie like I used to. I felt like those that secret relationship that I had in high school 
you know, that that's just what it was. It was just something that happened in high school and that I didn't have to do that anymore. I could be genuinely who I was. And, you know, I, I spoke with, I did an interview with a friend of mine named Sam who his, his, his experience is completely different from mine. It's the one right before this one. And he just told me about how unaffirming a lot of his friends were and how they were just not accepting with who he was. And they referred to him being gay as struggling with homosexuality. And I, I didn't have that experience. I had a lot of, all of my friends were like on board. Um, so it was a little easier for me to come into myself and like my family, you know, I, I didn't have the whole big coming out thing. It just was like a gradual thing of like, this is just how it is. It was kind of like they had their suspicions and I never confirmed or denied them. I just started talking about, you know, gay things and like what I wanted to talk about. Um, and so I, I go out and I'm still partying a lot and stuff. And then I, I realize that I'm partying a little bit too much and that I'm not really doing what I wanted to do in life. And so I hit like 23, I think, and I had like a complete breakdown where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't party. I can't go out like I'm going out. You know, I'm hanging around with a lot of people that are all we do is like drink and, and go out. And that's not like I want more to life than that. There has to be more. And I was just honestly just sick of being hung over every fucking day. And so I decided that I needed to kind of get my shit together again. And um, I stopped drinking and I kind of really got into the headspace of figuring out what do I want to do? What do I want from life? And so I realized like the things that I wanted was were, you know, I wanted to travel and I wanted to have a good job and I wanted to do something that I loved. And meanwhile, I've been working in a restaurant the whole time. So I move into a different part of Atlanta and um, I move towards like East Point area. And I a lot of things started to happen for me. I, you know, I. I wasn't hung over all the time. I wasn't going out all the time. I was present. I was there. I talked to people. I had conversations. I listened, which, you know, before I was just so obsessed with myself and what I was doing that I didn't even stop to think about anybody else around me. I could give a shit less. And so I I move in with um, a friend of mine and her son, and we live there for a year. And during that year, um, I remember a lot. Of, one thing I do every like New Year is I always tell myself like this is like I I kind of like write out what I want, you know, for the next New Year. So it's like by the time the next New Year comes, I want to have achieved this or done this. And so I remember coming into that New Year, and I was offered a promotion at my job, and I which was weird. I mean, I went from like bartending and serving tables to like managing two restaurants which was like a crazy crazy change um I started running the front of house for the restaurant that I had been working at and then we opened a new restaurant um and so I was running the front of the house there as well so it was just I went from literally kind of skate scaping through life to like having real responsibilities and um you know making an actual salary and like you know being a dependable, per, you know, people depended on me and people trusted me. Um, and they still do. And, and so a, a lot of things started to come into place. And I, I, I am one of those people that thinks that everything happens for a reason. And so I really do. And, and so I, I move into a newer, a nicer place, um, in like West Midtown area. 
which is where I'm at now. And um, I'm managing this restaurant. And I, you know, I realized over the past, like my entire year of 24 that I, I was working the whole time and, and I realized I'm like, I have to cut back. You know, I have other things that I want to do. Um, and so I get to the point to where I am now and I'm 25. I'll be 26 in October. And I realize after much, much like delay as delaying as much as I can that I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to try to, you know, pursue a degree again and, and do something else. Um, and really get into like this journalism thing. But I think, a lot of times with that whole, I tell, I tell you that story so that I can tell you this. Um, I put a lot of, a lot of thing, things on the back burner. And one of those things is like relationships and like putting myself out there. Um, it's something that I'm not comfortable doing. And I know a lot of other gay men that aren't comfortable doing that as well. Um, and it's just something that I've struggled with for so long. And I finally come into myself now and I realize that, okay, you've achieved this, you've done these things, it's time for you to like, you know, maybe start dating, you know, like take a break and like relax from work and, and stop working so much and kind of free your mind up. And so that's kind of what I've been doing recently. But it's something that I think for me, it's not, I don't go into work and think, okay, how is today going to be any different from yesterday. I, I, I never thought about that before. And that's something that recently I've really started to think about. And I realized that my sexuality is just a very small factor of who I am as a person. Um, it's just kind of there. Um, you know, and I think that so many people and myself included, I, I spent so much time, I spent like three years just trying to find out who I was and how I wanted to be who I was like through going out and just constantly surrounding myself with like, like in like LGBTQ environments and, and being around it. And I just had to really throw myself in there so that I could get to where I am now to where I realized that, you know, I am a person. I like journalism. I like movies. I like, I love Netflix and TV. I like, Music, I like pop stars, I like Nicki Minaj. Um, I like my job, I like my coworkers, I love my friends, I love my family, and me being gay is just a, an aspect of my personality. It doesn't change anything except for the fact that when we go to Christmas or we go to celebrate holidays or we go to meet families, I'm not bringing some chick with me. I'm bring, I'll be bringing a dude. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I don't see it as that much different from a straight couple. You know, you have your significant other, that's who they are, that's fine, and that's it. I don't understand, you know, the big deal about this, um, about, like, you know, being gay is such a big deal. You know, it's like, I, I feel like it's just who I am. And just like with every other person who is lesbian, bisexual, gay, transgender, it's just who they are. Just let them be who they are. And... I don't know if that did justice to me or my 12 year old self or I don't, I don't know. Um, but I feel like that's me and that's my story and that's who I am. And, um, my goal, it's weird for me to tell my story because when I creating this podcast, my entire goal was to tell the story of other people and the people around me. Um, but I guess it's part of it is me saying who I am. Um, but yeah, I think I am a completely normal person. 
and I'm gay. And that's it. And I'm proud of who I am. And I guess, like I said earlier, I haven't formally come out on a public platform, so I guess this is it. Motherfuckers, I'm gay. Anyway, thank you guys for listening, and stay tuned. Whatever. This was, like, actually really difficult to record and say. It's so much easier when it's, like, somebody else's life because you're like, oh, it's their life that they're telling. But then when you tell yourself, you're like, oh, shit, what are people going to think? But anyways, that's me, and that's it, and that's all I have to say. Thank you guys for listening. This is American Youth, and happy Pride Month.